Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm here with Amit Rosenthal of Rosenthal Logistics, the logistics for e-commerce and Amazon sellers worldwide. I was just asking me where, where he serves or who he serves. He said basically everything, to everywhere to everywhere. So 90% of the manufacturers, mostly China anyway. But anyway, so um, worldwide stuff and uh, a lot of experience to offer. So Amit, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, sir. How are you? Good, thank you. Yes, how are you? And where are you coming to us from in the world today? Yeah, thank you. I'm extremely positive and extremely pumped for this video. I'm from Israel. Uh, my company is Israel. We have also an office in the US and in China. But the main activity of my company is running from Israel. Excellent. So uh, good international perspective there, a bit different from the US and, and UK usual perspectives. So yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, your background and how you got into logistics first. Just a quick two minute summary of who you are. Sure. Yeah. So our company is uh, running a family firm company. So I really born into the logistics world since I was a baby. Like I have memories of myself, you know, sitting in a truck driving with uh, drivers, you know, truck drivers since I was really a baby. Years go by, I've been a professional swimmer. I study cinema. And eventually I came back to the family business and handling is, I think, 15 years already logistics ever since. Amazing. So family business, I like it. You really, you, you got into it before you were even born in a sense. So uh, today we're yeah. going to talk about freight forwarding and logistics. It's not traditionally a sexy subject. Everyone wants to get the the latest kind of Facebook advertising hack or they sing Amazon ads or whatever, because at heart, I guess a lot of us are marketers. But when it comes to logistics, the exciting thing is if you can get yourself you know your product in stock then you get to make more money which is always exciting so what are the the freight options at the moment that we can get from let's pick out the biggest sort of from and to markets you were saying to me 90 percent of stuff is made in china that you deal with in e-commerce so if you're going to yeah. go from china to the usa the biggest market of production and the biggest selling market what are the main options first of all just give us a summary yeah, so in regard to logistics, we have mainly two options. We have options of air freight and we have options of sea freight. The main difference, of course, is that the air freight would come much faster to the US or any destination country than going by sea, but the rate would be much higher than shipped goods by sea. Uh, we can also divide the air shipment to two main activity. One is going by Air Express using DHL, UPS, FedEx, and so on. And the other option is using commercial airline and then using UPS, for example, for the ground delivery in the States. The alternative would be, of course, shipping goods by sea, uh, by, ship, by uh, shipping vessels, by containers, and so on. And in this regard, we have, again, mainly two options. One is to ship goods by uh, as full container. Mainly if we discuss now about uh, Amazon sellers, so usually a big sellers, uh, let's say seven figures above, 
will ship a full container by their own and the alternative will be shipping goods as a LCL, meaning part of the container and then you share the container with other clients. Uh, yeah, so this is the this is the main two activity or the main two service that we offer. Great. So defined into regular, regular air and air express. So air express for FedEx, UPS, whatever. So that's the simplest possible version. I guess the quickest, probably also the most expensive I'm imagining. Is that right? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So for that, you're not going to need a freight forwarder, I guess, most of the time, right? Cause that would be a, a bit, a bit overkill. So I guess. What not, for... not, not particular, by the way, oh, really? Michael, if, I can, if I can interrupt, uh, the, the the main difference and this is i think this is the biggest thing while using a freight folder and not talking just about the profession and the advice that you can get from a freight folder but if let's say michael uh, will approach ups for i don't know 100 kilogram right so we'll have uh, x rate all right i don't know 10 dollar per kilo just for the example all right but because me as a freight folder i'm buying or i'm buying space from the carrier itself with much bigger volume, five ton, 10 ton, all right, per week. So the rate I will be able to present to the clients will be much better than $10. So it's not, it's not specific that if you will apply to UPS or FedEx, you will get better rate than you will approach a freight forwarder directly. Okay, well, that's a, a very important point that you make there. So I guess really that brings us to the question of why use a freight forwarder, or maybe the better question is when to use a freight forwarder and when not to bother. Yeah. All right. So this is a big topic to cover. Uh, again, there, in my opinion, there is two points. First of all, if I taking example myself, all right, as a company owner, uh, if I'm putting aside all the assignment I have, you know, on a daily basis or running a business. So customer call me, I think 20, 30, 40 times a day for advice. And the biggest reason here is to know, you know, there is Amazon sales in general have a lot of a, a lot of things on my on their mind the PPC shopping a new product searching for new products and so on so logistics is assignment usually they prefer to give it to someone else all right and they have very limited uh, knowledge and access to the logistics world so a good freight folder should give you a lot of advice on how to ship goods when to ship it what type of service you want to 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 receive in in in, in depend of your of your inventory or your management stock that you needed to have so in my opinion this is the first goal of a good freight folder is to give good advice to the client that first of all will optimize the shipping cost and second of all will uh, match the goal in regard to the to the transit time to the destination in regard to be on stock all right so this is the first reason and the second reason that the freight forwarder have a good contact with the shipping line with the airlines and he can get better rates he understand better the logistics world and for 100 percent if not 1000 percent a good freight forwarder should get a better rate than if you would approach directly the shipping line or the airline for example, the shipping line, if a seller has even 20 CBM or 30 CBM, the shipping line don't even, they will not even discuss with them, all right? Because the shipping line working with high, high, high volume, 15 containers per week, or, you know, a volume like that. So there is no way, there is no way that if a seller want to ship goods by sea, that they can contact the shipping line directly. 
So that makes sense. So really, I suppose what you're saying is, number one, you can take logistics off their plate and give them advice as well. Good freight forward. And the other one is obviously better rates because you can't really, yeah, I guess it makes sense that shipping line isn't going to bother getting hold of somebody who ships two containers a, a month. And actually for most people, that's like a million, $2 million revenue a year, but yeah. that's not enough for them to have a conversation with you. Okay. CBM, by the way, cubic meter, right? Just to make sure we've got CBM cubic meter, cubic, cubic meter. meter. Yeah. yeah. Great. So the, Americans, the Americans talking about cubic feet, but really uh, like, yeah, I have no idea how to calculate it. So we talking about <laughs> I'm sure a quick Google search will will tell us the answer to that. But I really, yeah. yeah I think that the other thing to recognise, if you're an American listening to this, that the rest of the world, including the UK, grudgingly, has moved from imperial to metric me measurements when it comes to international freight. So another thing to just watch out for is don't start speaking in cubic feet to somebody and they think you mean cubic meters. That would be an excitingly wrong conversation these things happen by the way in engineering i've heard about more than once that there was some plane that was being built jointly between an american and european company i don't know which country and apparently when the american part arrived it was just shockingly too big because the american engineers had used inches and hadn't bothered to mark that on that diagram because it was obvious to any Amer american engineer and the European engineer had marked uh, in millimetres and centimetres because that was obvious to any European engineer. And guess what? It was literally two and a half times too big. Uh, I can't remember what the plane was, but obviously yeah. tens of millions of dollars worth of problem. Yeah. So I, I know it sounds like a dumb thing to say, but just make sure your units are the same. It's a small but important point. So coming back to you mentioned, OK, the, the main things are what kind of service you want, how fast you want things to go. I guess that the payoff is normally speed and cost, right? So tell us a little bit about the realistic transit times in the current situation. So we're recording this in sort of early December 2020. What are the sort of realistic transit times from uh, a Chinese factory, say an East Coast factory where a lot of them are, to a an Amazon FC fulfillment center in LA or the west coast of the states at the moment and tell us about the the shipping and the air freight sort of options yeah so it's a good question by the way and in regards to the air freight in general right the situation uh, is let's say on a yearly on a yearly basis the situation is almost the same let's say air express usually takes something around five three to five days from the cargo departure from china Sometimes you can consider one day or two days from the moment the cargo being picked up until the cargo actual departure, all right? And when we discuss about air regular, all right, uh, the transit time is normally around. And I really want to emphasize around because in logistics, everything is around. There is no really accurate position, all right? So it's around 10 to 14 days from departure. Again, you should consider around two to three days from the moment the cargo being picked up until the cargo will actually departure from China. So in general, it's around 18 to 20 days door-to-door -door service. And if we're talking about sea shipping, so again, we have Sea Express and regular sea, but let's say we're talking about regular sea, uh, there is a major, major difference between West Coast and East Coast, all right? The fastest corridor is going China to Los Angeles, Long Beach port, all right? The transit time on regular days, because these days is really is not regular days. The, in, in regular days, the transit time port to port only should be something around uh, 15 to 60 days approximately. So door to door service is around 30 days for uh, FC centers in West Coast uh, United States. Uh, as I advise for air shipping, usually it's take two to three days from pickup. 
So sea shipping is more difficult. Uh, there is a lot of things need to be considered, such, such as cutoff of the carrier itself, which usually are five days before the vessel actual departure. So again, total transit time is around 40 days to West Coast and to the East Coast. Uh, port to port is around 30 to 33 days. So it can reach final FC uh, from departure around 45, 50 days. And uh, from pickup point up until it's going to FC center around 55, 60 days approximately. Wow. So there's a lot to take on board here. So I guess the first thing is there's lots of bits in between. I mean, to what extent do you think that a a manager of a business who's employing you as a freight forwarder needs to know the detail. Do you think it is important for a serious person who's scaling up the business or do you think it's better if they just hand it off to the freight forwarder and forget about the detail? Like, I, I honestly believe that every every business owner, right, and doesn't mean, doesn't really matter the, the, the business itself, the, the owner of the business cannot, or you have two options, rather to be involved in everything or to bring it to, to give it to somebody that have the knowledge, right? But if you're talking about a big e-commerce business or for Amazon sellers itself, so yeah, I don't think the Amazon seller need to know the whole logistics, all right? But he for sure need to have the general idea. And what I talking about earlier, right, in regarding to get advice from a freight folder. So I think this is the main key point. And what do I mean by that, all right? So let's say you know that you have inventory left, right? You have you sell 20 or 50 or 50 units per day, and you say to yourself, all right, I have another 20 days, let's say approximately, before my inventory is is uh, before I'm going to be out of stock. Okay, so now when you approach a freight folder, I think it's crucial, right, and essential that you advise this to the cast to the freight folder because if I approach you and you say to me, listen, Amit, I want the the cheapest way to ship it. All right, so I will present you the cheapest way, but eventually you will left behind 20 days minimum uh, out of stock. So you should plan your inventory correctly with your freight forwarder. You should advise him the situation, the current situation, the current selling rate of yours uh, in order to maximize and optimize the, the shipping, also the cost and, and secondly, the, the shipping method you should choose. So I guess what you're saying is that you need to bring your freight forwarder into discussions, managing your, your current sales rate, how far you're going to go out of stock and costs and balancing out that that the classic thing that we all have to balance. On the one hand, going out of stock costs you a shed load of profit. And on the other hand, to excessive costs then costs you the profit as well. So I guess it's that balance really, isn't it? So tell me a little bit more about the managing stock piece then because obviously at the moment and even in 2020 and usually it's normally just q4 but the whole of 2020 really well at least since march april time in in europe and us i guess we've had that big squeeze in the fulfillment centers in, in amazon therefore they've limited the amount of stock that we can get in now one of the obvious solutions is to have a warehouse in the usa if we stick with the usa for now but the same deal in europe right uh, yeah. another option though of course is to store the the cargo in china which is un more unusual so tell me about your thinking around sort of managing that stock flow through the system and balancing costs versus stock availability yeah so wow this is a big topic to cover i i will start by saying that uh you know sometimes it's depend on the seller it's depend on how he how he see his business how we're handling his business all right but in general sometimes better let's say you have 100 cartons to ship all right so sometimes it's better to ship 20 cartons by air all right 
not to have any earn or any even sometimes even to lose all right on the 20 cartons but at least it will be uh, in stock all right and until the 80 cartons will come or will reach the fc center by the sea so you have enough inventory until the rest of the cargo will reach the the, the fc center uh, with the with the shipment going by sea all right so it's really depends and sometimes it's about a thin line uh, if you prefer to lose some money on some units and then to earn a lot of money on other units all right so this is one thing that need to be considered second uh, in regard to management inventory all right uh, you know since i think april 1st Amazon uh, started to put a limit on the inventory you can uh, send to the FC Center directly. Uh, what, what, what happened because of that is, first of all, the 3PL warehouse around the US, around UK and wherever, blooming just rapidly because I can say uh, that my business specific, we sell up until up until April, 80-85% of the cargo that we shipped was going to FC Center directly. Now these days, the things is other way around. Like 85% of the of the of the goods we shipped are going to the free PL, and maybe 15 to 20% are going to the FC directly. Okay, this is a huge, huge, huge turnover and a huge difference. All right, I can say that a big thing that I'm discussing with all my clients. Is something that maybe Michael, you will be able to even I don't know emphasize or bring your insight on this. That you know the logistics because of the pandemic, everything rises up. Right? I, I don't want to start uh, even enter into the situation that now there is almost a lack of container availability in China. All right. So all the shipping costs rise around three to 400% uh, in 2020. So what is weird in my opinion, that I'm asking my client, listen, uh, your logistics cost is rise up. You need to also consider free PL in, in the States. The free PL charge a lot of money. Then you need to move cargo from the free PL in the States to the final FC center. So a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, cost, uh, entitled to the entitled to your to, to to your business all right in 2020 so i don't understand how come the seller didn't rise up their selling rate on amazon platform this is one question i have for you but in regard to how manage the inventory in my opinion much 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 better uh, to manage it in the us meaning ship all the cargo you have available today to the us find a good free pair that you have trust on and then manage the inventory based on your selling uh, at, at US. Because if, let's say, you have, I don't know, 200 units left, and now you will have to ship the goods from China to the US, so you will be not in 100%, but in 1,000% out of stock. So, yeah, maybe maybe it will cost less, but in the bigger picture, you will uh, you will be in a much less money than, than in this way. So I highly, I highly suggest... To ship the cargo to the US and, and manage your inventory via VPN in the US. So that sounds like it's kind of bad news in a way, but the reality check is that don't store stuff in China and then ship it out because you're going to go out of stock, which is kind of obviously a risk. But I guess you have the, your hand on the data day to day. And as you said, I guess that the downside is because of the lack of everything, including containers, freight costs up a massive percentage. I've spoken to other freight forwarders recently for the podcast and they're saying the same thing like 300, 400% increase. 
the reason why the price hasn't gone up on Amazon, I don't know. And that's a complex market uh, dynamic, I guess. I mean, I suppose it comes down to fear of losing market share. It's kind of like the opposite to why is everyone cut prices all the time? I guess it's that fear of losing market share. I think if you're the first person to move your prices up and your competition doesn't, you lose market share very rapidly, I guess, on Amazon. Yeah, but I, Michael, Michael it's, for every, it's for everyone. So like, this is supposed to rise up for everyone. That's yeah, but I guess it comes down to who's who needs to make a profit and who doesn't, right? Because I think a lot of the Chinese factories don't really run at a profit. And I think that's the difference between them and the Western companies. But I couldn't honestly say why. It's an interesting point. I mean, really, prices should be a lot higher on Amazon. Maybe that will feed in in Q1. I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a strange phenomenon. I'll say that for sure. But I, I couldn't answer it, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. So obviously, we are talking about much higher costs. So how can we save our costs while still staying in stock? I, mean, I know that's like the $64,000 question. And I expect you to be a magician. But what are your, your hints from the front line here? Yeah, so in my opinion, the best way to do it in regard to logistics specific is what I advised earlier. Like if you have 100 cartons, okay, taking this example all the time. If you have, let's say, 100 cartons, all right, so now you have maybe three options. One, to ship everything by air, all right? The cost will be extremely and uh, you will not have any profit on it, all right? Second option is to ship everything by sea. Okay, in this case, the freight cost will be lower, low, but then your stage will be out of stock. So you need to, to combine the both situation, meaning ship part of the cargo by air shipping and part of the cargo by sea shipping. If I show you an example, right, in, in, Excel, in Excel sheet, you will see I can save a customer cost of thousands of dollars uh, by, by, by splitting shipping methods, all right? Uh, maybe ship part by, by air, part by sea express, but eventually, try to split the shipping method that you use in order to minimize your logistics cost. And this is, in my opinion, the, the best I can provide you. Excellent. That does make a lot of sense. And you just need to be, I guess we've all done that for a, for a long time, but we just have to be more you know, mindful of doing it more often. So tell me a bit more about monitoring the stock side. I mean, obviously you're a freight forward and not a, a specialist in stock per se, but in the way the more I consider it, the more I know that the conversations we have in the mastermind with the serious sellers that we have is basically don't go out of stock, right? That's the rule number one that's emerging as the maximizer of your profit. The most important thing, bar none, really, for your best sellers. I'm not talking about bad product choices. But as you're part of the supply chain, how do you, from your perspective, think that people need to monitor stock? First of all, people or sellers must must be uh, involved in what is going on in the world, right? Meaning, uh, let's say, let's take this year, for example, right? Nobody can say to me, listen, there is no pandemic, right? The pandemic affects the logistics chain dramatically, all right? First of all, the cost is higher. Second of all, there is major, major, major delays in all the logistics chain, all right? Uh, doesn't matter who is the freight forwarder, doesn't matter if it's DHL, you know, the biggest uh, carrier in the world, or if it's Rosenthal, doesn't really matter, all right? There is major, major, major obstacles with all the logistics chain. I can advise it, let's say, for instance, these days, and I know this will be sounds crazy, all right? But people can check me. There is shortage of trucking company in the US willing to go into Long Beach port because of congestion issue, all right? Understand the situation. In the United States, there is a shortage of trucking company, all right? So you cannot ignore the situation in the world. Now, if I'm uh, 
dive deeper into the situation, meaning, in my opinion, you sh in order to stay in stock, all right, everything needs to be planned earlier, all right? Let's say today you said to yourself, all right, I should I should contact my supplier in, in one month, all right, he should, my goods will be ready in two months, and then I have 30 days until the cargo will go to the FC center. So no, today you should act differently. You should push your uh, supplier to to start production earlier. You should push your supplier to make the cargo ready on time. You should push your freight forwarder to ship the goods earlier. Everything needs to, to be done earlier, much earlier, all right, in order to be on stock and in order to have good management inventory. So, yeah, so basically it's getting things earlier by the sound of it. I mean, massive delays everywhere, I guess. So <laughs> it's probably going to be a bit late to, to magically wave a magic wand now and, and sort people out in Q4 here. But just looking into the future then, tell us about um, the China side. What holidays do I need to look out for in China? Just remind us a lot of the more experienced sellers watching will know already. But for those perhaps who've forgotten or, or less experienced, what are, yeah. what are the holidays that get in our way here? Yeah, there is two big holidays in China. One is uh, usually around the uh, start of October. I don't remember the, the holiday name. Is that in the second one, of course, the CNY, which is the Chinese New Year. This year, 2021, this is going to start on, on February 4th, right? Uh, usually it's around, it's around two weeks, the holiday itself. But until all the production guys and everyone come back from their hometown to the factories and to the main city, so in general it's taking almost a, about a month. There is almost zero activity. So if I'm taking into consideration that the holidays start on, on February 4th, 100%. Also remember that everyone, but everyone in China, almost, not, not almost, everyone going to their hometown, there is major, major traffic jams and everything. The custom will be closed, the, the custom itself, the Chinese custom will be closed. So in my opinion, in order to be, let's say, on the good scale and not to be on the stress scale, all right, you should, you should try to manage your factories that the production will be ending up until, gen up until yeah, January 20th. So you will approach your freight forwarder to pick up the goods around January 20, 22nd. Uh, so we can have enough time to pick up the cargo, uh, consolidate into containers, doing export clearance and so on. Otherwise, again, uh, I believe your goods will be delayed uh, after the Chinese holiday and nobody wants to be in this position. So again, uh, if we we're talking about what we talked about earlier, try to be ready on time and don't wait to the last minute, especially not in 2020. Excellent. Yeah, good advice. And I think that's a sobering reality that it's not enough to just wait until the Chinese factories close because you can't get it exported out of the country. So it's going to sit in a, a loading bay in a dock somewhere for a month in China if you leave it too late. So really, January the 20th is a realistic sort of deadline for, for production end. And that's a very different date from January the 31st. So that's a very good reality check. So now you mentioned already consolidation and less than container loads. So tell me a little bit about the, the options here. I know I've heard, for example, that if 
you palletize things that obviously Amazon prefers that if you can, you know, if you're sending in more than 25, 30 cartons, they probably will insist on it. But I've heard also from some masterminds and members that ship a lot into the USA FCs that the uh, floor loading seems to be getting things ready a lot quicker, like a week or two on the shelves, ready to sell kind of quicker. So what's your experience of that? And what's your suggestions around um, handling that? Yeah, this is kind of phenomena that I really, I really don't know how to explain because every client will say something different, all right? Somebody, I will, I will bring the cargo using UPS and then it will be appear as inbound after two days. Some will ship by UPS, 30 days they will not see this cargo as inbound, even though there is a POD, proof of delivery sign, all right? Uh, in general, let's say in general, when we ship containers, all right, to FC center, we ship it almost 95% of the time using a flow loaded, meaning as a loose cartons, and we ship it directly to the FC center. Amazon accepts it. And the advantage in this regard is that if you have, let's say, 100 cartons, all right, you will put the 100 cartons on pallets. So your total CBM can be reach around, let's say, for example, 10 CBM, all right? But if you put this same 100 cartons and ship it as loose cartons, so your total CBM will be seven, all right? So let's say that uh, a rate per CBM is around, for the example, all right, $200. So you easily save around $600 just by uh, putting the cargo as loose cartons and ship as floor loaded. Again, the time that it's take for Amazon to inbound the goods when you ship it as floor loaded or you ship it as pallets, it's something that is very hard and differently from each FC center, all right? There is a FC center with higher, uh, with higher, with higher stress and higher position, and there is other one that is better in this regard. So I cannot say something that is, is a right to all FC center in the world, all right? It's not common to everyone and it's not the same situation, but in general, 100%, and I can say that more than 90% of the cargoes that we ship from China are going as flow loaded. If we then ship it to a free PL warehouses, so we bring the cargo to our warehouse in the States, then we palletize the cargo and ship it by pallet, all right? But if we're talking about FC center, so normally we ship it as loose cartons. Interesting. So it sounds like it, obviously a conversation to have with your freight forwarder rather than make a unilateral decision as a, a mere Amazon seller who's not an expert in freight. But it does sound like it's worth considering that. I think a lot of people automatically assume you have to ask your suppliers to palletize things. And what I would say I've just learned is really, again, that it needs to be at least a three way conversation. You as the manager of the e-commerce company, talk to your fr freight forwarder figure out the freight logistics and costs and times implications and then go back to your supplier. I mean, it seems, again, you're part of the overall picture. And I think that we've had the luxury of being able to sort of treat logistics and fulfillment, which are two sides, two different things, but sides of the same coin as, as being something we could just take for granted because they've been working so well. And now that they're, they're limits, I think we've got to really think this stuff through. So more than ever, I think that a good freight forwarder is going to be part of the armory of any good company. So that brings me really to your services. I mean, just tell us briefly what you guys do in terms of fulfillment and logistics for Amazon sellers. Yeah, so in regard to what you advise, Michael, I honestly believe that you should try to locate freight forwarder which feel 
as at least a business partner of your Amazon business, right? It doesn't mean that you will not have problems throughout all the shipments that you are doing, but at least you want somebody that feel like a business partner of yours, all right? Because the logistics, again, it's not a sexy topic, but it's a critical topic in regard to, to selling in Amazon and in, 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 in any business. This is one. And in regard to the service that we are uh, provided to the customer, so we currently provided service, uh, of course, freight forwarding logistics, and we are also providing uh, free PL services. Uh, we have warehouses in uh, Los Angeles. We have also warehouse in, in New York. Uh, yeah, and we are, we are doing fulfillment. We are doing everything in regard to, to free PL warehouse. It's another total topic, all right? When to choose a free PL, why to choose a free PL, which prepare to choose, but I can say again in this regard that you should consider major, maybe three key points. First of all, how long is it going to take to the free period to process your orders, all right? This is the main main points and I have horror story these days with different free PL that took around seven days or 10 days just to answer the clients, all right? So think about yourself just now, want to sell during Q4, your inventory sits in the free PL since, I don't know, let's just say since November 20, and up until today, the free PL even didn't start to manage your stock, all right, or to handle your stock. So I think this is a key point. Nobody can know or nobody can predict how it's going to work. But again, the same as you're choosing a freight folder, you should choose a free PL warehouse. You should you should try to to feel feel right uh, the person uh, behind the camera. Who is it? Is it going to help you uh, in case of emergency? Because in the logistics world, emergency happen all the time. All right. So this is one thing. Second, of course, people choosing free PL. Uh, when they have enough inventory, meaning sometimes you are an American citizen, all right, you want to sell on Amazon, you have, I don't know, five cartons, one, I don't know, 200 units, so you can manage it by your own means, all right, but let's say you scale up your business, now you have not uh, 200 units, you have uh, 10,000 units, the chances that you will be able to do it by yourself and running the business and searching for products and so on, is zero, right? So this is another point when to choose a free PL. And the location, let's say you see that uh, most of your cargo going to ONT8, right? ONT8 is the FC center in California. So there is no sense to ship the cargo to a free PL in Georgia or in uh, New York, right? Which is 5,000 kilometers from there. So this is, in my opinion, the three key points. First of all, to check with the free PL how long is going to take to process your goods. Second is if you indeed need a free PL service. And third key point is the location of the free PL. Nice, uh, logical, simple checklist. So how, so the speed, I guess, when you need them or if you need somebody and location, not least, I mean, again, it's, it's one of those things where we've been spoiled by FBA that we've been able to ignore the physicality of what we do, meaning that goods have to be in a particular location relative to where the consumers are. And if you go into the 3PL relative to FCs and that sort of thing, and we have to suddenly become much more geographically aware, I guess, of where our goods are, where they're 
selling and that sort of thing. And that is information we could get as Amazon sellers. It's not easily found, but it is there in the in the reports. So look, if people want to get hold of you, uh, what's the best place I mean, for them to to get hold of you? Yeah, by email, via our website link, uh, or to our office, to my colleagues. We can share uh, we can share information here in the chat, and uh, people can feel free to contact us via Messenger, wherever. Absolutely. So just for those who are going to be listening on the podcast, it's going to be uh, rose. Let me get the right spelling here. Rose dot rose hyphen uh, ecom dot com. That's R-O-S for sugar hyphen E-C-O-M for mother dot com. And I'll put it in the chat for those who are listening to the Facebook live or watching the Facebook live as well. And then I know you've got a, a shipping guide. So we'll put a redirect there from amazingfba.com forward slash shipping guide. That's a, a Udemy course. I believe you've already had over a thousand students for that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, we, I really didn't check last lastly, but it's around uh, 1,500 uh, students there. So I have a good friend, which is also an Amazon seller named Vova Evan. He's, a co he's not a colleague, he's a friend of mine, he's an Amazon seller, and we are, of course, uh, doing his uh, logistics. And we came up about a solution uh, to do a, a course or a course in regard to logistics to Amazon and for Amazon sellers in situation from a position of a freight forwarder and position of an Amazon seller, which Vova been the, the, the guy in this case. Hmm. And we did a 10 lessons course. We tried to cover everything, uh, starting from sea shipping, air shipping, how to package the goods, uh, everything in regard HS code, uh, how to classify products, how to classify, how to understand your duty percentage, when the goods will be entered into any destination country and so on. Uh, yeah, I can share also the link to the course if it's okay by you, Michael, of course. I think sure. it's covered a lot, a lot, a lot of the, of everything in regard to logistics. And in my opinion, it's very useful, but again, uh, I did it. So it's easy for me to say it. Well, yeah, but the fact you got 1,500 people used it, that's a very good sign that people are finding it useful. Again, for those listening on the podcast, amazingfba.com forward slash shipping guide. And then uh, I put it, if you're watching the YouTube video, I put it under the video. So that's it for this this episode. We're going to come get you back on to talk about warehousing and fulfillment. As you've already said, that's a different episode, and I think it deserves its own space. But for now, many thanks for coming on the show, Amit. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.